0: Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 168th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast. We're out to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Rebel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts Cameron Albert alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cam. Do you know what today is? Cam Newton's back day. Cam Newton's back.
1: It's November 11th, yes. which means it's
0: 11-11. Wow, lucky times.
1: And it's Veterans Day. Oh, shout out to them. Thank you to the veterans course um i'm sure there's something else too but it's uh it's thursday
0: yeah what's 11:11? just cool make a wish yeah okay that's what i thought and that's yeah that's really it well cam newton's back with the carolina panthers so i'm celebrating by wearing my jersey congratulations and that's cool anyway we talk about mizzou on this podcast um we're talking football and basketball it's crossover season it's they probably a it. long episode oh yeah so strap in i hope you enjoy listening <laughs> to us because you're gonna have a lot of it for the next uh next little while while both seasons are happening at the same time before we dive into all the games i want to remind everyone check us out on youtube subscribe there even if you don't watch on youtube that helps us out a lot um, leave us a review on the podcast platform that you use. That's, uh, much appreciated. And of course you can support the podcast directly with money on Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash Missouri sports pod. That's, that's how it works, Kyle.
1: hadn't thought of it. I hadn't thought of it that way.
0: <laughs> um, Kyle, do, is there any big news this week that we need to talk about? Or are we just going games, games, games? Uh,
1: there's a lot of game action. Yeah. Um, can't. Nothing really comes. To All mind. right. Well,
0: you think on that. I'll introduce the first game that we're going to talk about, and that is Missouri versus Georgia football. Missouri lost forty-three to six. Kyle, was it or was it not as bad as that score sounds? Um, that's a great question. Uh, let me tell you, it was.
1: I expected worse. I'll okay. tell you that for sure. I thought it would be way worse, um, and we're gonna get all into we're gonna get all up in this. Yeah, but I really thought this would be the ugliest football game I ever watch, and uh, it really wasn't. No, yeah, it, uh, it's especially since I expected it to be so bad. Them getting blown out forty-three to six or whatever it was, I was like, wow, that was really pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were
0: definitely some specific things that we'll talk about that made it uh, seem okay, and. I think we can just jump right in with the defense because early on and then for stretches throughout the game, the defense looked competent. I know that sounds weird because they did give up 43 points, but it is Georgia. um, And we just didn't – we saw a little bit of heart and we saw a little bit of execution from – the defensive front in stopping the run specifically um, honestly for Georgia for Georgia to have a single three and out in this game I feel like is a success for the defense
1: yeah the game especially started off so well um, <clears throat> you know you, you just said let's talk about defense but just in general um, with the unknowns of the backup quarterbacks you know Tyler making was driving down the field in that first drive um, had a little miscommunication and so the drive stalled but you know, then Missouri comes right out on defense, and I don't know—it wasn't a three-and-out, was it? But they just—they just played really well, and Georgia had to punt.
0: Yeah, and nice little return by uh, Boo Smith. Yeah, Set um, Missouri up with pretty good field position. Things started off really good, and it just, like you said, it was so good to see Missouri
1: really fight on defense, like they were showing up in the trenches. They were winning the battle at the line of scrimmage. We haven't seen that all year long, and against the number one team in the country, nobody saw that coming. Right. Um, just have to force Georgia to have to kind of change the game plan and like realize we can't run on these guys like we have to throw yeah was it was good to see that and they they did that they threw and they threw very well but just to see Missouri um, do something they have not done all year against an absolute juggernaut of a team um, And Georgia they run the ball so well and to see them not be able to do that very well against Missouri was kind of shocking
0: Georgia was without a starting tackle um, which maybe impacted it a little bit, but um, yeah, I mean, if you would have told me that Missouri or that Georgia's entire offensive line, starting offensive line, was out for this game, I still would have thought that they would run the ball all over Missouri's defense. Yeah, and later on in the game, um, they were able to get you know Georgia's able to move fresh legs in and out of the backfield to always uh, have somebody that's ready to break off a big run. So they did do that eventually, um, but. I mean, they didn't average like an obscene yards per carry. Like we've seen offenses do against Missouri. Um, so again, I just see those little things as successes and it honestly makes me feel a little bit better about the defense as far as like, not, I still hold out hope that they're going to be able to grasp the scheme and make plays, make some tackles stop offenses at the line of scrimmage from time to time Uh, because if you can do that against Georgia even a little bit of the time then you ought to be able to do that more successfully against worse teams
1: yeah I mean it was obviously a step in the right direction and that's kind of the sad reality of where we are with this season is uh, Missouri's run defense has been historically awful we know that Um, they haven't been able to stop anybody including Vanderbilt and like SEMO everybody has had a good day against Missouri on the ground Um, so it's certainly a step in the right direction um, you know sometimes learning a new scheme can take can take a while and so maybe they kind of feel like they're grasping the scheme a little bit better um, i wanted to throw out a little uh, kind of a controversial thought maybe a little bit let's hear it. um it's kind of out there a little bit but maybe just a theory um it seemed like the defense and i don't even know if these two things relate at all but it seemed like the defense was playing really hard it seemed like they were really excited to be out there. Do you think that their effort has anything to do whatsoever with the quarterback change and just maybe wanting to play their very best to give Tyler Macon and Brady Cook the best shot at performing well in this game?
0: Um, short answer, no. Um, more wishy-washy answer is I would hope not, but perhaps um, a change in quarterback mixed with the messaging from the coaching staff of maybe being like hey you know we're putting some a new some new guys out here you guys got to step up you know this is a big moment honestly what I'm optimistic about is that the messaging from the coaching staff they've said that they you know it was reported that the coaches were kind of talking to the players about you don't get to play the number one team in the country you know, every week and some players go their entire career college career without um, going up against the number one team in the country at any point. And they talked about on the broadcast um, Drinkwitz spoke about Michael Mayetti, Michael Mayetti. And he said he's played in 55 college games. And this is the first one against the number one team in the country. So perhaps that messaging got through to the players. I would like to credit that a little bit more than, The changing quarterback because of what that would say about Connor Bazelak. I don't want to really believe that they were so down on the situation on offense that changing quarterback at this point would like spur on the defense to perform better. Right.
1: I don't want to like demonize uh, Connor Bazelak or anything here. I just maybe suggested. There was just a little bit of a change, just turning the the page on a new chapter, maybe kind of getting excited for the future was enough to maybe get these guys going a little bit. Who knows? That's possible. Probably not. You're probably right. I'm sure it has nothing in common whatsoever, and they're just, they were playing hard because of the the messaging they've been hearing all week, and they're they're playing with house money. They got nothing to lose, and might as well just go all out and see what happens against the number one team in the country.
0: Yeah, but you definitely do want to see the team rally around a younger player when they're getting a shot uh, to start especially at quarterback, obviously very crucial position in football. So I just w- would, I would want the players to be challenged to bring that energy next time Connor Bazelak starts a football game because, yeah. you know, he needs it just as much as any other quarterback, any other player on the team. He needs to know that they have his back and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. if they want to be successful.
1: Um, if you had to pick... A, a guy to start next game like if you I guess who did who did you enjoy watching the most I guess out of Tyler Macon and Brady Cook who, who excited you what what did what did you like from those guys
0: um it was about even for me I man I would want to I would honestly I'd take either one of them but open up the playbook more let them run the same offense that Connor Bazelak was running um I mean, let's talk about that a little bit. That was something I wanted to get to was the it really seemed like a trimmed down version of the offense against yeah. Georgia, and I don't think that was just because they were playing Georgia.
1: Right. It was probably a combination of the fact that it was two completely new quarterbacks and the best defense in the country. Right. Like both of those things were just the perfect storm for being I just, very conservative.
0: In the second half, they opened it up a little bit and played more of their normal offense, but the first half was like... A little bit frustrating watching so many like called quarterback draws, Mm -hmm. and like seeing obviously like the broadcast pointed out when um, Tyler Macon just completely missed. I think it was Dominic Lovett. Yeah, somebody
1: running wide open down the middle of the field. Yeah,
0: just completely missed him. Um, Macon had a couple throws at like Daniel Parker Jr.'s feet that were uncatchable Mm -hmm. when he was wide open. Um, but he looked good on the ground. He looked good yeah. kind of avoiding uh, defenders and being shifty and making plays and extending the play, still looking downfield. Right. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot to do downfield some of the time. Um, and Brady Cook did a lot of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think their games were, too, were all that different. And, mm-hmm. and the stats kind of, they were pretty similar
1: yeah i don't I don't know that anything changed my mind too terribly much on on either player I still think Tyler Macon in the long run is the highest ceiling quarterback we have on the roster at the moment and you know I do think some of his poor throws in the game were probably just some jitters I mean we've seen his high school tape um and there were some plays in this game even where he he we know he can throw yeah. and he's got a pretty nice arm and you know he probably needs to work on accuracy and throwing on the run a little bit but If he's able to develop um, his passing he could be a really really good college player and um, I was really impressed with um, how athletic and fast he looked and it was really kind of shredding George's defense at times um, in the
0: beginning of the game yeah that first run that he had I think it was like third and long and he ran for like 20 25 yards yeah and looked really good and kind of caught George's defense off guard and um, you know put missouri in a good spot offensively there i think georgia kind of figured out oh yeah Yeah. they they want to do quarterback draws so let's just be ready for that some of the time
1: exactly um i will agree with you though i mean i think brady cook looked really good too i again um expectations against the number one defense i'd love to see them both play against a normal team and maybe we'll get that chance on saturday but uh, Brady Cook looked more athletic than I thought he was. He looked really fast. He was getting some good hard runs and was just not afraid to sacrifice his body to get a first down and stuff like that. And, you know, we I think he's got a nice arm. Like, he's definitely a, a precise thrower. So um, I i would be excited to see both of them play again on Saturday. Um, I don't know who's going to start. It seems like, honestly, any of the three of them could. I just have no idea what to expect. But I was, I was pretty happy with both of those guys.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to see um, if there's any update on uh, Connor Bazelack.
1: I don't think there really has been much come out about him. Drink
0: Drinkwitz said on Tuesday that he's not 100%, and that's all we know. Yeah. Um, and he, what he basically said it would be impossible to prepare for three
1: starting quarterbacks potentially. So, you know, I. I think that I still think it's going to be Brady Cook and Tyler Macon on Saturday.
0: I mean, uh this might be unpopular unpopular opinion, but give me uh, barring like making an injury worse, mm-hmm. give me 90% uh Connor Baylack over the other two. Now, That's maybe fair. maybe they would prove me wrong if they if one of them got the shot and it was the full playbook against a worse team in South Carolina, yeah. but based on what i saw last saturday i think i would roll with Connor baselak if he's 90 percent or more
1: i just love um the thread of the quarterback run and i just think baselak just does not offer that right now and i don't know if that's his, his that's injury yeah. um but i just was i it was it was exciting to yeah. watch those guys be able to run and move around in the pocket and everything and, and, and they would Bazelak. be
0: more successful with it if they were doing other things in the flow of the offense for sure. that we're working and yeah. obviously that's going to be easier against south carolina yeah
1: i think um i totally understand wanting to see basil he's the veteran he's proved to be a very serviceable quarterback in the past um but i think i would love to see another uh, brady cook tyler making game for at least one more week just give him a chance against a a little softer defense see what they can do
0: okay you said brady cook tyler making game are you talking about one of them taking and starting and playing the whole game or are you you okay with the back and forth i was
1: i was fine with that um you know at the beginning of the game when brady cook came in and had like a three and out i was a little bit i was a little bit frustrated i kind of wanted them just to keep riding making but um i think i think cook definitely showed he he was capable and he was worthy of of more playing time so um i kind of just thought it was fun to to throw them both out there they both offer something a little bit different and I like I want to see what they both can
0: bring to the table so but
1: especially Megan I think Megan I think that's the guy I want to see the most between the two
0: he definitely had some throws Uh, he had a connection with uh, Towski Dove Mm -hmm. late in the game uh, where they were putting together some nice little kind of
1: makes you wonder why they weren't doing
0: that a little bit sooner but yeah that's what I'm talking about I mean yeah fewer design quarterback draws please Uh, I like the option stuff, though. Mm -hmm. Like, I would love to see some Tyler Tyler Beatty speed option um, type of plays against South Carolina. Um, Tyler Beatty didn't have a whole lot of running room against Georgia. They didn't really try to run the ball a whole lot with the running backs. Honestly, Um, I was
1: fine with that. I mean, we know what Georgia is, and they're incredible at stopping the run. And, uh, I mean – Why get Tyler Beatty hurt in a game that just is out of reach?
0: Yeah, uh, Macon and Cook both separately, both individually had more carries than um, Tyler Beatty. Hmm. Um, I thought it, it was kind of funny. Drink was upset with Brady Cook on one play for not realizing where the first down was and going down a little bit too early. But I think he made up for it later by like really selling out on a fourth down to try to get to the yep. to the sticks. Yeah, get a he first down. really
1: sacrificed his body on that particular play you're talking yeah. about.
0: Uh, barely got there. Like, I don't know. If that was a, a closer game, I don't know. Maybe they look a little bit closer at that play and see yeah. if he really got there. But they called a first down. We'll take it. Um, So the quarterbacks combined threw the ball 32 times and ran the ball 22 times. Uh, neither one of them threw for a touchdown or an interception there was a touchdown to be had right there at the very end of the game uh literally like the maybe the last play of the game for missouri's offense um they were moving down the field and i think georgia fans were kind of mad that missouri's offense was trying to score a touchdown there at the end
1: i bet they were
0: but uh i was happy to see it but and they almost did but well they had a
1: streak of like several games of not giving up a touchdown so missouri was really trying to break the streak and Uh, of course I wanted to you know to see Tyler Macon get some ex- some experience and kind of an end of the game drive even though it meant nothing.
0: He had Daniel Parker Jr right there at the end yeah. but that was one of the two that he kind of threw at his feet unfortunately. Sure. It was like basically the same type of play. Yeah. Where that happened? Um let's see. It was frustrating watching Georgia execute in the passing game and just like I felt like on a lot of plays Missouri's coverage was pretty good like Chris Abrams drain was was right there several times and Georgia's wide receivers just kept coming down with balls um there was that one early on there was that fourth down play where they scored a touchdown and yeah that was kind of a heartbreaker yeah Missouri
1: went up three to zero in this game they had the lead in this game oh man that was fun while it lasted
0: yeah yeah Georgia's offense just couldn't be held down forever and Like I said, it was frustrating watching pretty good coverage just get outdone by incredible catches over and over again. 100%. But that's what happens when you have just amazing athletes.
1: But that's what Mizzou has to do is prioritize the run game, and that's what I hope they do against South Carolina is, you know, we've got pretty good secondary. Uh, Put them on an island. Let's sell out and stop the run. And if we can, then I, you know, they're going to be a lot harder to beat. Yeah. So we'll see what they do going forward. Um, Do you do you think Georgia has a quarterback controversy?
0: I kind of thought JT Daniels had that job locked up, but you know the announcers were talking about, oh, what's his face? Kirby Smart is is you know, it's well known that he is fine with with whichever two whichever one of those two quarterbacks is ready to go in any given week. So (laughs) yeah, you're right. He's said that like fifty zillion times this year. I think they showed every single time on the broadcast
1: actually probably right it's like coach speak but it's probably true actually
0: I mean they've both looked pretty good I think JT uh, probably has like the higher ceiling but do they really need like a spectacular playmaker through the air right now no they kind of just need a guy that's gonna protect the ball and get get the ball to the weapons and I think uh, Stetson Bennett looked like he can make the throws he was really good yeah so I wouldn't be too terribly worried about that if I'm Georgia. I feel pretty good about knowing that if you have to deal with an injury, then you're, you're going to be okay.
1: Does Georgia win out and win the national championship?
0: Georgia, like they would probably do something like be undefeated and then lose. They Georgia would do something like, go undefeated all the way to the national championship game and lose again like they did against alabama a few years ago or, that kind of has been their mo yeah and then they'll probably like fire kirby smart when they get tired of doing <laughs> no that no way <laughs> <laughs> they do that a few more times and see how see if the, the seat gets hot
1: kirby smart had a pretty funny hot mic moment in this game yeah, that, is that true. was the most blatant hot mic like just f-bomb i've ever seen like it was right next to the ref who turned on his mic to announce a penalty or yes. something and so the entire stadium just heard it so clearly in- including everybody watching on tv
0: um yeah i think george is really good still i think yeah. i think it's it's a pretty good chance they'll just go into undefeated and, and win the whole thing but yep. i wouldn't be surprised if they just couldn't quite put it together and tripped up in like a crucial in like the, the semifinal and just like unexplicably lose a game when they're the number one seed seems like there's to lose for sure um let's see anything else on that georgia game i do have to uh
1: if you're done with the georgia game i do have two quick little recruiting uh notes to share today if i was we're... just
0: gonna say missouri is now four and five one and four in sec play and still need a couple games to Still need a couple wins to become bowl eligible. That's the goal. Uh, Missouri did get two crystal ball predictions today um,
1: for the 2023 class. Uh, Both four-star players. Uh, One is Marvin Burks. He's a safety from Cardinal Ritter. And the other one is Logan Reichert from Raytown in Kansas City, which I think Missouri has been in the driver's seat for Logan Reichert Mm -hmm. for a long time. It just seems like he just wants to stay home. And and he's an offensive lineman, so he would be – a wonderful addition for sure so just a quick little update on that on Missouri's gonna have a great 2023 class I think I think it's gonna be very
0: who's strong the, who's the uh I think he's just listed as an athlete uh who what, maybe a five-star player um 2023 Samuel I can't remember his name. uh like Mapemba
1: or yeah. something yeah I don't know how to pronounce his last name I think he
0: was on campus or will be this weekend or something like yeah,
1: that yeah I think he's he's visiting soon I believe yeah
0: all right next summer's gonna be fun <laughs> yeah i mean i would take like it seems like we're just it seems like the Drinkwitz era is going to be there's going to be recruiting news to talk about pretty much all the time yep so mizzou uh hosts south carolina um south carolina is five and four on the season with wins over eastern illinois east carolina troy vanderbilt And Florida (laughs) so one of the blowout win over Florida yeah they beat Vanderbilt by one point beat Florida by 23 that's probably one of the weirder games
1: in the whole college football season so far I mean there's obviously always crazy upsets but that was I don't think
0: many people saw that one coming so if you haven't been paying attention to South Carolina this season um, Luke Doty was their quarterback but he went down with injury Um, they have been playing a gentleman named Jason Brown at quarterback. And, um, just talking about this Florida game a little bit, because it was very impressive for South Carolina. Um, and there were a few things that happened, a couple things that happened that maybe don't, uh, make me too excited about this matchup. And one of those is their running backs, Kevin Harris, who we know about. He's an uh, excellent running back and Zaquandre white both averaged over eight yards per carry and both had over a hundred yards rushing against Florida. Yikes. So that's not, uh, not something you want to see. Hope Mizzou fixed their defense. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. uh, We'll see if some of that success from the Georgia game can roll over to this one, but I wouldn't, I'm not going to hold my breath for that. Don't count on it. Yeah. We've got several other games this season that say that's not going to (laughs) happen. Uh, Jason Brown in the Florida game just threw the ball 24 times for 174 yards and two touchdowns pretty
1: sure he's a FCS transfer right that is correct wow that's a uh that's an upgrade going to FCS to SEC
0: yeah it is uh there's another guy I can't remember his name his first name starts with the Z uh who was like the official backup to Luke Doty earlier in the season but then he went down with the injury but he's healthy now but Brown is the guy yeah So unless they pull a switcheroo on us, which they have done, South Carolina has done that to us before. um, I think we are going to see Jason Brown at quarterback. Um, South Carolina's defense is pretty decent and they're decent at like, uh, what's the term? Uh, Havoc plays, I guess. Uh, They have five different players on their team with at least two sacks, including uh, defensive back Jalen Foster. So, Jalen Foster has two sacks. He also has five interceptions and two forced fumbles on the season. And he is their team's leading tackler. Wow. He's pretty good. That's insane.
1: Yeah. <laughs> good grief. Yeah, they uh, they do seem to force a lot of turnovers.
0: 12 interceptions as a team on the season. Wow. That score on D. <laughs> yeah. It's more like... Uh, They're doing it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm... There's some things about this South Carolina team that prevent or that uh, pose matchup issues for yeah, Missouri.
1: Some of that stuff sounds kind of scary, but they haven't really, uh, obviously, outside of the Florida game, nothing about their season is impressive whatsoever. Yeah,
0: their wins are pretty uh, bottom tier. Yeah. To put it bottom nicely. <laughs> yeah. Um, one other thing to watch in this matchup is two excellent kickers uh, South Carolina's Parker White. Uh, he's a perfect 20 for 20 on extra points and 13 for 14 on field goals. And that was something I wanted to talk about in the Georgia game. Harrison Mavis Mm. Got, missed a field goal.
1: I forgot about that. You had to bring that up.
0: And didn't miss it by much. It was off the upright. Yeah. But we knew it was bound to happen eventually. Uh, I think you said during the game, rather it be in a blowout than yeah. like.
1: Yeah, just get out of your system now. Yeah. And there'll be a more important kicks down the road and you'll Definitely. hit them all.
0: Yeah. It was kind of sad though i was almost like i don't know obviously i'm a weirdo and i'm a sucker for like just weird stats and stuff and i just wanted to see him unrealistically go perfect for the season so like i was like i would rather them go for it on fourth down to preserve his perfect (laughs) kicking (laughs) uh percentage which makes no sense just that's just how my brain works sometimes
1: you love the record books
0: yes (laughs) (laughs) Um. so yeah South Carolina can run the ball uh, Missouri not great at stopping the run South Carolina good defense Missouri's offense has struggled from time to time and we're probably going to have a backup quarterback starting again yeah Yeah, there, I mean there's
1: a lot of unknowns here um, for both teams um, but I just think whatever their game plan was defensively against Georgia do it again uh, keep the gap integrity win at the line of scrimmage make them pass and because clearly, I mean, uh, Brown, he's been fine, but he's he's not going to kill you. He's not Stetson Bennett. Right. And uh, he's a lot more of a, of a game manager, just kind of throwing when they have to. And I just think they that's what they have to do. Just
0: uh, They have to focus on the run. Well, if there was any team this year that was going to actually do what Mizzou fans think most teams should do and just, like, abandon the pass and run, Ninety percent of the time, I think it could be South Carolina in this game. Yeah, I'm um, looking back at some of their other games. Uh, they actually are a team that scored a touchdown against Georgia earlier this year. Um, they fought pretty well against Kentucky. Lost that game sixteen to ten. That was a, a game that their defense really showed up for. And um, but then they only beat Vanderbilt by one point. And then they lost to Texas A&M by 30. So it's been pretty up and down. And a lot of that is a good portion of that is due to their kind of revolving door at quarterback due to injuries and stuff.
1: Yeah. I think the game script's going to be really big here. Um, obviously against good running teams, you don't want to fall behind because then they can just exact exactly what they do well against you. They can, they can use their biggest weapon against you um, to run out the clock and just run it down your throat. So you obviously Missouri, has to get ahead early in this game for South Carolina to have to throw to get back in the game, if you will. Um, I think that's, that obviously sounds a really obvious like score points. So they will win, but uh, I really do think game script is, is important here and you want to uh,
0: have to force South Carolina to do what they're uncomfortable doing. I'm trying to figure out a way to pick Missouri to win this game, but (laughs) I'm not coming up with it.
1: Yeah, I kind of feel like in coming into the episode, I felt I felt like Mizzou um, would win this game, but when we really break it down by what South Carolina is good at, um, it it doesn't feel like it's gonna be a win for Missouri. I don't know. I think it's gonna be a close game. Both these teams are very evenly matched. I think.
0: I'm gonna give South Carolina the edge. I'm gonna predict South Carolina wins the game twenty-three to twenty.
1: Twenty three twenty. Okay, yeah. Even though we did see some improvement from Missouri last week, I'm still not sold on it. I don't think I'm not. I don't think I can buy that they're <clears throat> just beyond these these defensive issues on the run game and all mm-hmm. that stuff. I think they probably have gotten a little bit better, but I still think it's just going to be an issue in this game. Um, I think they're going to lose thirty one twenty eight. I hope we're wrong. Hope we're wrong. We'd mm. love to be wrong. I mean, it'll be close if, though. I think so. And I mean, if Missouri wins this game, I mean, they're they're in business for a potential bowl appearance. It looks like Florida is kind of going down a little bit. Arkansas is probably beatable if you you know, if you play your best game. Um, it's not impossible, but th- if you're gonna make a bowl, obviously this is the game you have to win. This yeah. is this is the easiest game left on the schedule
0: yeah i mean we'll see where where florida is uh when that game comes around because they are kind of um i mean they're kind of falling apart a little yeah. bit yeah but i love it yeah th- th- that's fun <laughs> that is nice <laughs> to see i mean couldn't happen to a worse guy in dan mullen either oh yeah um yeah i hope they pull this one out uh that the the vegas is saying like pick them uh it's not just a coin yeah, flip yeah like i don't i don't think either team was favored last I think time that I makes looked.
1: a lot of sense i think it, he's if these guys played 10 times they probably split yeah that's basically the same thing as a coin flip yeah it's that's, like
0: it's like 50 50 i it's mean it's
1: a lot like, like just in half you half, know, half and half yeah
0: um <laughs> let's pick some more games i guess we are gonna move on to sec pick'em plus nebraska and the guest the patreon pickers were were running away with it a little bit I, I couldn't make up any ground kyle made up some ground so they've turned to their star picker daddy jd <laughs> he's the one that kind of blew it open for the guest pickers and they brought him back out to see if he can kind of shut the door on any comeback attempt so this is up our it's our, like a- Opportunity to jump back they're in. they're
1: rolling it. out like Mariano Rivera against us' like just the
0: greatest closer ever just to shut the door yeah. on us I had to go back to
1: back to the well yeah, don't blame him righty, so
2: am I on mm-hmm. sing <laughs> <laughs> kind, kind of
0: quiet you're live
2: righty, so last week, Cameron, you got four points. Kyle got six. I got three. And our guest picker, Tristan, got four. So not a ton of movement, but Cameron made up a couple points. The season totals are I have 45, Kyle has 47, Cameron, you have 49, and the guests have
0: 54. Oh, my gosh. So Time to make a move. There's 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 a couple games. I haven't looked at who uh, J.D. picked this week, but I think there's going to be an opportunity to go against them on a couple of these. All
2: right. Well... First game is New Mexico State at number two, Alabama. Alabama okay. is a, you want to
0: take a guess? I think I know this. 37. I, I saw it. It's, it's fifty-one. Oh,
3: my <laughs> God.
0: Uh, I think Alabama is eight and one. New Mexico State is one and eight on the season. That's exactly <laughs> backwards. Yeah. Reverse, reverse of each other. Reflectioned. Yeah. I'll take Alabama. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, I guess I will. All right. So does JD okay what so? if
0: JD just like went haywire there's like <laughs> sabotage mode and just like still pick. gets it right <laughs> that's probably what would happen all right second game
2: is Mississippi state at number 17 auburn Auburn is a
0: five and a half point favorite hmm jeez that's actually a tough one I'll take auburn uh, who who'd uh who JD pick Auburn I, I i'll take p- mississippi state okay i'll pick auburn <laughs> wait who who are they playing mississippi state yeah oh yeah auburn for sure oh for sure for sure for sure i had ole miss you picked the like, episode
1: though cameron sure cameron uh,
2: i gotta i do have something. you gotta do
0: it i gotta do
1: something
2: all right number one georgia at tennessee georgia is a 20
1: point favorite tennessee came through for me last week they're home. not they're not gonna do it this time
0: I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee covers the spread, but Georgia's going to win the game, I think. Georgia for everyone? Everybody.
2: Okay. All Number 11, Texas A&M. At number 15, Ole Miss. Texas A&M is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Give me Texas A&M. Jordan oh. picked Ole Miss. Dang.
0: Give me AM. I, I wanted to pick Ole Miss with him. Against him. Uh, I think
1: Ole Miss is really good at beating like bad teams. Mm. I'm not sure if they stand up to the big boys this year. I think just I don't know. Give me AM, I guess.
0: Who's favored?
1: AM by two and a half.
0: Jeez. There's not that many opportunities left. I guess I'll take AM. Reluctantly.
2: <laughs> all right. Kentucky at Vanderbilt. Kentucky is a twenty one point favorite. I'll take Kentucky. I will as well. Kentucky all around. Our last game this week, number twenty five, Arkansas at LSU. Arkansas is a three point favorite. Who J D
0: pick? Arkansas.
1: LSU actually. Played okay against, against Alabama. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: that was weird. I think that was a, I think that was an outlier.
1: Wait, this is at LSU. Mm
0: hmm. Oh. I'm picking Arkansas. Give me LSU. I'll, LSU.
1: I'll take LSU. Oof. Oh man.
0: I feel like, I feel like JD did the smart thing on a lot of those and really went safe. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, made it to where we can't gobble up a bunch of points. Maybe maybe next week we should just
2: not. Well, I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter. He's influencing our picks pretty heavily.
0: Well, yeah, I wanna. But well, we want to catch him. So yeah, exactly. playing mind games with us. Yeah, yeah. That's our only advantage at this point <laughs> is being able to pick against him to maybe get an extra point. Um, no Nebraska this week. Nope. They're too scared just to play football. Off
1: the face of the earth. Yep. Man,
2: just
0: think hey. of all the points I'd have if I never picked them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you'd probably be winning. <laughs>
0: They're dead to us this week. Um, Don't go anywhere. We're talking basketball now. Oh, yeah. We're switching gears. It's basketball time. We had a basketball game. It was fun. Got back into it. Missouri won. They beat Central Michigan. 78 to 68. A lot of new faces. um, But it definitely looked like a Konzo Martin team that we're kind of used to seeing. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was kind of... A little bit refreshing that like there wasn't some kind of new system there was nothing just like jarring really about watching them play that first game it just made a lot of sense yeah and we've got some talented players and i'm i'm really excited i'm optimistic after that first game um there was a lot of stuff i think there were things to like um obviously missouri was without a probably like a, a starter in most games um Dejuan Gordon was out um I don't know we didn't hear much about his situation like leading up to the season but he had to set out one game yeah, because I, he participated in some summer league basketball game that was not sanctioned by the NCAA so of course the NCAA just you know really looking out for the student athletes mm-hmm. uh, you can't go play in a summer league game you True. should know better than that absolutely uh, so he had to sit out a game, but it was all right. Um, Mizzou came through with a win, and it was pretty fun. Yeah, honestly, I, I, not
1: a whole lot surprised me about this game, to be honest. Um, kind of like you said, uh, the the schematics of the offense were pretty much the same. They wanted to they they ran in transition a lot. Uh, they played good defense. Um, they were diving on the ground for balls. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some pretty long droughts without scoring a couple of times. Like yeah. it was pretty much just a hallmark Conzo Martin basketball game. Yes. And uh, yeah, I, I do think that. Okay, so the announcers actually said Deshawn Gordon.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go with. What's the
1: guy's name? It's Jar- it was Jarrett Sutton and, and
0: Ben Arnett. Ben Arnett.
1: He was saying Deshawn.
0: Yeah. Who knows? I heard it right from coach's mouth. Oh, okay. So all right, well, I'm gonna go with that until. Mr. Gordon, yeah, I think he
1: is an instrumental piece of what they want to do defensively. I think a concept that he's he's their best perimeter defender. Mm-hmm. He may be their best rebounder, um, especially at the guard position. Yeah, um, I think he's just that gritty player that's gonna just take the, the the game to the next level as far as positionless basketball. All that, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's not gonna be a big time scorer or anything, but he's just gonna contribute to the overall. Um, just mission of what they're trying to do as a team
0: and Conzo did say he's a guy that they're okay with taking threes uh he, yeah. he mentioned that not be another factor of him not being out there was that he's a guy that will shoot it and I don't know if we will be happy with that if he is a guy that's taking shots later in the season but uh until we see otherwise I let's assume that he's doing okay with that in practice mm-hmm. uh one guy I think we are gonna love is Ronnie DeGray
1: and uh he was everywhere he's not like the most beautiful like shot he doesn't have the most beautiful shot uh he's not like ultra athletic human though. he is so beautiful yeah. and uh yeah he's about to he's you know I might even say I love him at some point yeah Kinda he's, like I love Tyler Beatty he's the type of
0: player that I see <laughs> well Conzo Martin that, loves him I yeah. know
1: that but uh anyways he, he was just everywhere he was filling up the stat sheet he was Uh, he is the guy that every team has to have a guy like Ronnie DeGray to to be good I feel like just kind of the guy doing the dirty work Um, but he was scoring too he wasn't just doing the dirty work so
0: yeah and he um he didn't play as many minutes as uh Boogie Coleman Javon Pickett or Amari Davis and he was easily the most impactful player yeah I mean he had a, a double double with 13 points and 12 rebounds seven of those were on the offensive glass um he had three blocks on defense as well and only turned the ball over twice yeah he's a really smart player and just always to always seems to be in the right spot two plays in particular that that stood out for me was one where he followed his own shot and got the offensive board and put it back in and then one where he caught a coleman air ball and like you know tipped it in Mm -hmm. Um, right at the uh, as the shot clock was expiring, and those are just kind of the you know getting in position to get a rebound and getting in position to get those putbacks is you gotta have when you are probably gonna be a little bit offensively challenged from time to time. Getting some of those easy buckets um, off of rebounds is gonna be huge.
1: Yeah, uh, Amari Davis uh, kind of did the opposite of what he's done statistically in his career. Uh, made a few threes yeah uh, he scored 14 points but uh, six of those were from threes so it was good to see him uh comfortable shooting threes he was two of six so yeah clearly has the green light uh he was fun to watch i thought yeah he was he looked very polished
0: another guy that konzo talked about being a perimeter defender that they're going to lean on um his ability to finish at the rim for kind of like an undersized guard yeah is pretty impressive you kind of have to be crafty if you're not yeah i f- that was one thing i noticed about him is it just felt
1: like the touch and control on his shots just looked really good i don't yeah. know, i don't even know how to describe it but he just looked like he knows how to use the backboard
0: like really well his game not him as a player not like physically as a player but his game reminds me of um Keon bell how he was kind of a um, it was a athletic guard who kind of wasn't an awesome three point shooter. Didn't look the best shooting threes, um, but was able to finish at the rim, finish in transition, crafty around the basket, um, able to use a euro step. That euro Just, step was beautiful. Yeah, at the end of the game. That's something that if you have that mastered in college, you're going to be able to have wide open layups more so than other players Mm -hmm. it's just and
1: he i mean a lot of the stuff he has done well in the past kind of those pull-up jumpers from mid-range he didn't really hit a whole lot of those so i feel like his you know
0: he could have had a lot better game if he you know hit a few of those definitely yeah wasn't quite as efficient as he's used to being Mm -hmm. um on the negative side of things kobe brown kind of struggled in this one yeah he was able to pull out a decent performance by kind of like willing them through their last little offensive drought at the end of the game, by getting to the free throw line and just kind of being like, "Okay, we're gonna have we got to manufacture some points here," mm-hmm. and that was really good to see because he was pretty quiet, he was um, foul prone on defense, and had to sit some because of that. Um, wasn't really getting shots to fall, and but there at the end of the game, he was able to make it happen, get to the free throw line, yeah, and half- was instrumental in helping Missouri kind of close it out
1: glass half full uh, approach on kobe brown uh didn't attempt a three which honestly i'm kind of fine with because we have some better shooters that can uh stretch the floor a little bit i he's obviously going to shoot threes this year but doesn't really need to shoot nearly as many as he did um and just seeing that we were able to i mean obviously central michigan but but knowing we were able to pull this game out with him having a down game was good especially with all these new players kind of carrying the team i thought that was a good sign
0: It really didn't seem like there's any like chemistry issues at all. Like no no, like new player confusion really. I I saw a little bit of that on defense with the freshman, specifically um, Anton Brookshire. He had a couple sequences on defense where he looked a little bit lost. There was one play in particular where he was trying to get back into the play and uh central michigan was moving the ball around the perimeter and he was just kind of jumping around running and jumping at three-point shooters and they eventually made a three at the end of that possession yeah um so it's more memorable because they made the shot but
1: that was definitely a little uh, like welcome to college basketball moment for sure
0: and of course he was not he was he found the bench shortly after that he came back in later but that was just kind of like a okay settle down uh buddy and let's you know work you back into the game a little bit later um But uh, yeah, I think they're going to try to get him involved as the primary ball handler some of the time. And and another guy, it seems like he has a green light from three. Um, So he will connect on some of those eventually. Um, Let's talk about the post play a little bit. Um, Jordan Wilmore got the start. I don't know if that's going to be a regular thing moving forward. Might as well uh, let him jump uh, and get that first possession from Missouri every single time um but did he jump i actually don't know i actually missed the (laughs) no he no he jumped but oh okay did he jump physically yeah yeah surely um that was a little bit mean well he needed to jump a little bit higher on some of the his attempts at the basket uh Mm -hmm. that was a disappointing thing to see him getting his shot blocked at the rim is not something that can happen no rebound that's also something that cannot happen
1: here's my take on jordan wilmore um I completely understand the frustration with Jordan Wilmore, um, but I just also have seen college basketball players develop and transform their game over the course of several years. And I guess if we're able to be a little bit patient with Jordan Wilmore, I feel like I can see a scenario in which he develops his game, figures out how to, you know, be a little quicker on his feet, understand what they're trying to do schematically, learn how to guard guys that are smaller than him. If he can figure out some of those things, I mean, he, he could just be unbelievably impactful just because of his sheer size and just being able to be a force in the middle of the court. And I just kind of feel like I want to be patient with him. And yeah. it's he's not going to be getting a bunch of double-doubles this year. And maybe never. I don't know. But I just... I feel like you, you got to be patient with a guy like Wilmore.
0: Yeah, it's hard. Um, I could, it'd be easier for me to be patient with him if he just wasn't playing all that much, honestly. Um, it's hard to be patient when the op- the opposing team is just immediately going to go to their, if, they're, if the opposing team has a big man that has any kind of outside game, they're just going to go to that every single time. They're going to get Wilmore into uh, screening situations um, to where he has to hedge or switch. or I mean, he's not going to switch onto a guard, but they'd like him to. <laughs> and they're just going to keep going back to that.
3: Yeah,
1: it's mashup dependent for yeah. sure.
0: And I just don't think there's that many college teams with like a true center that is going to allow him to play to his strengths on defense all that often. So, in when when that matchup comes along it'll be really interesting to see how he does but i think we're just going to keep seeing them bring him out to the perimeter i mean teams would do that against tillman Mm -hmm. and have success with it so they're just going to keep doing that Uh, but yeah i'm willing to be patient with him absolutely uh it just like i said it'd be easier to do if he wasn't getting it as many minutes moving forward and he probably won't be i mean it's weird to think that gordon coming back would influence minutes for wilmore but it seems like Conzo is willing to go small. Toby like, slide to the five. Yeah, it seems like he's definitely willing to do that. And just having another wing player to come in, and that can guard multiple positions, will make that even easier moving forward. Yeah. Um, Boogie Coleman, very impressive. I, uh, Ronnie DeGray obviously kind of stole the show, but Coleman was just so solid. And the announcers mentioned it, but. In the player previews we talked about, I pointed out that he could very easily slide into that Drew Smith role, and he's going to be like the point guard, but also be able to score and facilitate and just make the little plays necessary to keep the offense flowing. Now, there were definitely times in this game where the half-court offense got bogged down and looked awful, and um, Konzo seems like he's not scared of teams playing zone. And I wouldn't be either with guys like Coleman and DeGray and Kobe Brown and Javon Pickett. Like those are all guys that you should be able to put at that like high post position, toss the ball into them, and they can facilitate from there and find a shooter or find a guy, you know, slashing to the basket. It didn't really work at all against Central Michigan. The the zone really slowed down Missouri's offense, but that's something that I don't it doesn't seem like this Missouri team should struggle with. You know, every time a team does it.
1: Yeah, I I do think that the interior guy kind of struggled um, facilitating whoever that might be. I I think I mean who's that going to be? Ronnie? That's that's kind of in the middle facilitating, kind of breaking down the zone. I mean, I feel yeah. like it has to probably be him or maybe Kobe.
0: Yeah, and I think both of those guys are capable of doing it. And I think maybe um, if Amari Davis or like Brookshire, he, they could be entering the ball into that high post for coleman sometimes they might need to try that but um just going back to coleman's overall game his three-point jumper looks really good he had a nice little step back very smooth um i think he'll be able to keep the defense honest at the three-point line and still be able to get to the rim he's not super quick um driving but if he's able to make some threes i think that'll open up driving lanes for for him and he'll be able to kick it out or get it down low to Kobe. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I think he's going to shoot a lot of threes this year. (laughs) That's fine. I mean, somebody's going to need to. Yeah. It's, it's college basketball in 2021.
1: So, I mean, what about Pickett? I mean, has he, can we say he's taken a step? Would you say that?
0: I think he's taken a step in his mentality that he understands. He can't wait for the game to come to him. And uh, we saw that in game one. He, He, when he got the ball in his hands, he was looking to do something with it to try to score the basketball. Yeah, um, he was relentless in transition, getting to the basket. He was willing to take threes. Um, yeah, I'm excited. He uh, Davis shot the ball 14 times. Javon Pickett shot the ball 14 times. I think we're going to see a lot of that. Yeah, moving forward. Yeah,
1: Pickett 18 points, uh, two for six from three. I, you know, he's a guy that shot almost 40 percent from three last year, yeah. but he didn't shoot very much um i i would be perfectly content with pickett uh taking a lot more threes this year i think he i think he can still be efficient at a high level uh taking a lot of shots
0: missouri yeah go ahead i was
1: gonna say we and we're probably gonna need him too i mean yeah just him and coleman right are both probably gonna have to shoot a lot of
0: threes yeah and if if gordon can shoot a decent percentage then that's even better um yeah pickett pickett looked good i think he did he's taken a step. Almost out of necessity. And I don't know that he his game doesn't look like demonstrably improved over last year. I think it's just yeah, like a it's confident. A dedication to I some I've gotta score the basketball.
1: It's a little bit of a this is my team. Yeah. I've been here four or five years. Yeah. Uh I know Coach Conzo more than anybody else here. Right. It's kind of my
0: team. I gotta lead it. And Conzo's confident in Pickett's ability to do just that. Yeah. So I think we'll see more of it. Uh, Sean Dura Gordon played one minute, according to the box score. Did attempt one uh, three-pointer and went to the free throw line. So didn't really get to see much from him. Yaya Keita is how they pronounced it on the broadcast. Uh, He played 13 minutes, so the same uh, number of minutes as Jordan Wilmore. And he looked okay. He uh, scored some layups. Um has a really good shot on his free throws. Yeah, beautiful free like throw. He if that translates to some jump shooting later in his career, it seems like he's got the form to be able to knock down some shots. Mm-hmm. He had like one play where he like Brookshire had that one defensive yeah. lapse. Um Yaya had that one weird situation on offense where like he tracked down an offensive rebound and was kind of out towards the perimeter and he just needed to hand the ball to I think it was Amari Davis, was standing right there. Just give it to him. Yep. Reset the offense. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Held on to it just a second too long. Turned the ball over. Other than that, and that's just like a typical freshman mistake. Yeah. Other yeah. than that, I, I thought he, he played well.
1: Yeah, he looked a, l- a little bit of out of sorts on defense just a couple of times, but I'm not worried about it at all. Yeah,
0: it's been a while since he played a For meaningful sure. basketball game. Um, what would you think of that new, that new basketball court? It was beautiful that looked really good yeah I'm so much better that. than what they had
1: i almost have blocked it out of my memory i can barely yeah even remember what it looked like
0: yeah i'm already used to the new one it just makes sense yeah and there's some uh similarity between it and the football uh field which mm-hmm. i like some of that synergy
1: mm-hmm. any um like macro thoughts on the season change whatsoever after watching this game for you
0: i was thinking about that and i know this is like a cop-out but we're going to have to get through pretty much all of non-conference season before I can even think about like what my expectations are for this team. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even know. I feel like if they had come out and scored 90 plus points and just kind of dominated the second half like they did at the end of the first half, the last 10 minutes of the first half, they outscored Central Michigan 29 to 10. If they had continued something similar to that in the second half and scored like 90 points and kept pushing the ball in transition, and then I would think maybe we have something here on offense that we didn't have last year. But obviously that didn't happen. Uh, had some dry spells and some struggles. Just some of those weird um, end of shot clock, like, nobody just has a shot trying to run out the clock basically
1: yeah. and waited too long yeah. yeah
0: that makes me think it's there's gonna be some struggles this year and I uh, my expectations haven't really changed from predicting you know 10 to 15 wins total on mm-hmm. the season
1: yeah I think I'm right there with you I don't really think anything changed as far as my expectations for the whole season um, one thing I do think is exciting though is this team seems to have a high ceiling long term like beyond this season Yeah, and a lot pretty much everybody on this whole squad except for Pickett yeah. will be here at least two three seasons
0: now I, this is like a meme at this point because of COVID uh, eligibility stuff Pickett could can, could return next season hmm. now Konzo doesn't seem into that sort of thing <laughs> obviously
1: we saw go be a man
0: somewhere yes, go exactly. on with your life Yes, Um but Theoretically, he could return next year, correct?
1: I think you're right.
0: If allowed by the coaching if staff. If allowed,
1: um, but Konzo really likes him, so he'd probably That's be an exception. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, all, all these guys have two, three. I think Ronnie DeGray's got four years of eligibility if you include the COVID year, so I I really like this team long-term, potentially. This year might be kind of ugly, but when you let these guys develop, play together for a long time, kind of figure each other out, um, add in Aiden Shaw, a couple of talented freshmen. Mm-hmm. Things are looking pretty Mark good. Mitchell. Mark Mitchell, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. We don't wanna that's misinformation. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, I was just joking. That was a joke. <laughs> um yeah. Uh Missouri plays UMKC on Monday. Uh UMKC is two hundred and fifty fifth in Kim Pom, so another team that Missouri should beat. Yep. It's a home game. Uh they are not a good offense. They just lost their first game to Minnesota, 71-56, to and Minnesota, not a good team. Triple-digit uh, Ken Palm team. They're going to be towards the bottom of the Big Ten. Um, UMKC plays Iowa on Friday, so if you want to check that game out, you can see a little preview. But if UMKC scores more than 62 points, that's kind of what I'm targeting for Missouri's defense. Um, UMKC not a good offense they should they will struggle um, this is a game that I think Missouri's offense will probably perform pretty similarly to the way they did against Central Michigan but their defense ought to be a little bit more successful in uh, slowing down what are they the ruse the yeah something like that
1: kangaroos yeah um,
0: one other just quick note on Central Michigan
3: I don't Only
1: one. Know, I don't know his first name. Jackson Jr. Mm. Nineteen points was making every three, like especially at the end of the game. Yeah. He was chucking them up, well, just single-handedly
0: keeping them in the game.
1: Yeah, I, I mean that's just kind of one of those things. Like, if he just you know misses a couple of those, this game is not even remotely close at the end of the game.
0: Yeah, he was five for ten from three. Um, yeah, M- Mizzou was kind of coasting in the second half a little bit. Uh, some sometimes not. Not by choice. I mean, they were just running to the end of the shot clock a lot of the time and putting up something kind of ugly. But um, I think Missouri should be 2-0 after Monday. And their defense should be able to step up and, and be impressive, I think, and look for them to keep getting out in transition. That's where they were really successful against Central Michigan. So look for them to lean on that. I think Missouri is going to win. You agree? I believe they're going to win. Keep it. Keep UMKC's score low. Keep it in check. Flex a little bit on defense is what I want to see. Is that it? That's it. That's a whole show. It was a lot. Fun times. It was fun. A lot going on. Oh, yeah. Um, Let us know what you think about the basketball team after one game. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Brian Smith, Ryan Lee, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Luis Hernandez, and Tim Keens. Uh,
1: thank you, fine gentlemen. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at missourisportspod@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
2: Thank you, fine gentlemen. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, missourisportspod.bigcartel.com.
0: Thank you, fine gentlemen. Thank you for listening, everyone. We will see you next week after
3: a win.